Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, July the 25th, 2023. Uh, we often do novels on the show, and I love talking to novelists because they know their characters better than I do. And sometimes one reads a book and one wants to know more. And that was certainly the case um, about a book which came out in hardback last year, Elizabeth Finch, by one of the world's leading fiction writers, Julian Barnes. It's just out uh, this week or last week in paperback in the US and the UK. And it's about uh, what one uh, reviewer called uh, an enigmatic woman, a teacher, a woman called Elizabeth Finch. I'm thrilled that uh, and honored that Julian Barnes is joining us from his home in Tufnell Park in London's NW5. Julian, uh, welcome. Congratulations on Elizabeth Finch, one of uh, one, uh, a very compelling, seductive book. And, and I have to ask you uh, to begin, uh, who was or who is Elizabeth Finch? Are, are you, uh, is she as tricky for you as she is for your reader? Um, I hope she isn't tricky. I hope that she's um, intellectually seductive uh, and socially adroit. Um, she's a she's an English uh, English woman teaching uh, culture and civilization, as it's called, at a, a, an outer branch of London University, which uh, teaches mature students. Uh, so she takes them. Uh, as having some life experiences already and takes them as as being serious. And a lot of them have a kind of, it's a kind of last ditch attempt to restart their lives, having um, had some education before and then gone off and then realized they want more seriousness in their lives. And she provides it. In fact, she may be too serious for some people. I don't know. Uh, she's, a, she's a witty, enigmatic woman. Um, whose private life is um, fairly secretive, uh, though there are hints here and there. Um, but her main function is to um, enlighten and lead to enlightenment her students um, and to teach them to think differently, uh, not to go for the obvious answer that's in the obvious book. Uh, she's trying to get them to teach for themselves, which involves moving them away from the ways in which they've previously thought uh, and challenging them. And she has an interesting way of teaching, which is, for instance, she won't say, oh, uh, Goethe thought that, um, uh, so that everyone say, ah, oh, Goethe, yes, great genius, yes, um, German, yes, 19th, 18th, 19th century, yes, um, okay, whatever he said must be right. Instead, she will throw out an idea which happens to have come from Goethe. And they debate it on their own terms and to their own standards and with their own seriousness. And so it's, um, I think it's a slightly more informal, looser and yet effective way of education. Yeah, when I was reading it, um, it occurred to me that I, I once had a teacher, a woman called Hannah Pitkin, who taught political philosophy at UC Berkeley, who she herself had been taught by Arendt, Hannah Arendt. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and she had this, I don't know whether she was consciously enigmatic, but she was a very, very hard person to figure out. Um, 
was or is Elizabeth Finch consciously enigmatic? Does she know the game she's playing? I don't really know that I know the answer to that. And I think it's one of those questions which I'm happy for the reader to decide what he or she thinks. Um, I think she is, a, she is a stylish woman. She is a woman who has a way of prevent, presenting herself um, and a way of dealing with her students, um, which is original, I think. And um, I think to a certain extent, she must be aware of how she comes across. Um, but then at the same time, there's a sort of mixture of uh, high sophistication and possible naivety about her. Um, for instance, the, 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 the chief character um, and the narrator of it is, um, is, 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 as we gradually realise, um, in love with her. It is a love story, as most of my novels are, though the love is never declared and it's unclear to us um, how much Elizabeth Finch uh, recognises and acknowledges this. Um, is she, uh, is it more a sort of intellectual flirtation for her? Or does she actually sense that he is devoted to her and what's more will be devoted to her for the rest of his life? Um, indeed, she leaves him all her, her papers and books. Um, and this is a clear encouragement to him to get to know her better, even after death. You know, I think that's the legacy in some ways, or my reading of it, the the legacy of antiquity. It's a book about antiquity on lots of different levels. But the idea of loving one's teacher, of course, is deeply, I guess, Socratic. Um, if you have a great teacher, Julian, do we inevitably love them? I remember, you know, Hannah Arendt, uh, not Arendt, uh, Hannah Pitkin, we all kind of loved her and we were all terrified of her at the same time. And it seems as if the narrator of the book is simultaneously in love and fearful of, of, of Finch. Or as one of your characters says, old Finchy. <laughs> yes, of course, there are other voices and other opinions of her. Um, and, and he at first imagines that, that the whole class uh, responds to her as he does and is half in love with her. But in fact, some of them, uh, as in any class, uh, some of them want a more conventional approach to, to, to learning and knowledge. Uh, they want to be given um, lessons. They want to be given homework. They want to be taught if this is the question this is the answer um whereas she met she she goes back to an earlier stage and it's often what is the question rather than this is the question um i never had such a teacher um i suppose when i was at primary school up to the age of 10 or so i probably had crushes on any woman teacher who was there simply because um i was uh, there weren't many women in my family and I didn't know any girls. Um, so, but when I got to, you know, school and uh, university, I can't remember having any. I suppose I had, there was an English master who um, was, was inspiring in a parallel way to Elizabeth Finch um, in that he, um, he, he would sort of come up with, um, he would come up with comparisons and allusions which surprised us. I remember him going on a great deal about uh, how wonderful Kirk Douglas was in Spartacus and to a sort of slightly uptight English schoolboy, 
uh, I thought, gosh, how, how amazing that he admires K- Kirk Douglas, because, of course, I secretly admired Kirk Douglas, but wouldn't admit it. Um, so, the, and, and he was also, unlike most of the schoolmasters that I knew, um, who were sort of elderly and set in their ways and sort of crusty and um, didn't like being provoked, um, he was, this man was, uh, he was fresh down from Cambridge and he was very um, uh, exciting to us. He'd write on the blackboard, birth and copulation and death. Uh, those being the three things that T.S. Eliot famously said life consisted of. And apart from anything else, the idea that a schoolmaster would write the word copulation on the blackboard mm. um, was pretty exciting. Um, and it, um, uh, and, and he, he was a stimulating master, yes, but I wouldn't say I was in love with him. She's not much of a writer. She has two books, Elizabeth Finch. Uh, I'm sure you had some fun coming up with the titles. One, Explosive Women, and another, Necessary Myths. Do you think yes. the really great teachers, and of course this goes back to this age-old debate between Socrates and Plato, do you think the really great teachers can't be writers simultaneously? Which probably implies that you wouldn't be a great teacher since you've written so many books. <laughs> I, I, I've never really... Well, I was a teacher. I taught for a, a, a year in France when I was 20, 21, and I taught for a semester at Hopkins when I was nearly 50. And it's true, that kind of did it for me. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed it all, but I didn't want to do it... Um, repetitively, uh, no doubt because my parents and my grandparents were teachers. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of teaching in the family. Um, and apart from not wanting to be a teacher myself, I think my brother, of course, is a philosophy professor, retired now. Um, I'm not a, I, I think it has inoculated me against being a didactic writer. Uh, I don't want to instruct the reader. I don't want to say this is how you should live. You never, I mean, that's, that's one of your, your defining qualities, I think, as a writer in all your books. Yes, I, I, I don't want to say this is how you should live, as some writers do. I say this is how people live. What do you think? Um, so that the, the, the reader is a kind of companion at my side, and we're both looking out at a similar event or picture or whatever. Um, rather than there being some distance or height uh, advantage to me over the reader. Do you think that in an odd way you're trying to emulate Elizabeth Finch, not in your life, but in your work, or perhaps vice versa? A good novel th- would be Elizabeth, or at least a good uh, Julian Barnes-style novel would, would, would be Elizabeth Finch-ish. I can't, I can't really answer that because, of course, I, I wrote all my previous books without having a thought about Elizabeth Finch. So, um, in an odd way, then, are your books attempts to do what Elizabeth Finch did in her adult university classes? Um, I don't think so because I guess this is my 14th novel, something like that. And I hadn't thought about Elizabeth Finch or a person like Elizabeth Finch um, until, you know, a year before I started writing the novel. So I, I can't really back project her 
to my first books like Metroland, my first novel, and think, is this Finchian or not? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that 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 lies in the domain of, of questions which the the reader can make his or her own mind up about, um, but but about which I am agnostic. Um, there's a way in which you don't want to um, you don't want you don't want to be told what all your books are about. Um, I don't anyway. I, I I hate to see sort of summaries of my themes and things like that. Though of course I know that that's what people's jobs are sometimes. Yeah, and probably Elizabeth uh, Finch would say the same thing about her approach to the world. You're, the, the character, the narrator in the book is sort of the quintessentially English blokey kind of guy. Uh, doesn't take himself entirely seriously, which may be his problem, his calling. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, and it's a, like all your work, it's a very, you know, it's, it's populated by very English themes and narratives. And yet Elizabeth Finch herself doesn't seem entirely English. And of course, it brings up the J word, not Julian, but Jewish. Uh, you, you, you have a, a bit in the book that suggests she may or may not have been Jewish, particularly in terms of her remarks about what Hitler did to her. Um, is there something un-English, do you think, about Elizabeth Finch? Did you need to add that to make her a little bit more interesting? Um, well, I, I, I took her to be a cosmopolitan woman in the first place. And a lot of the best English cosmopolitans um, often have um, a Jewish ancestry. I mean, I think there's no doubt in the book that she is of Jewish ancestry, even though she has a brother who denies it. But then yeah. he's, he's disguising himself as an Englishman, uh, a sort of bluff Englishman. Um, you can't be both. You, <laughs> you can't be both. No. Well, I don't think you can be a bluff a bluff English Jew is that does that is that a contradiction in terms? It's certainly difficult to imagine. Um, Maybe uh, he's a sort of country. He's a sort of country man who who yeah. has country pursuits and reads tabloid newspapers and so on. So he's the he's the kind of opposite of Elizabeth. And she's very fond of her, but he's completely baffled by her as an as a brother. You know, he he doesn't really know what she's up to. Um, I, I I think, you know, that in some ways you can say it's an English book, but then that's not surprising. I'm an English writer, but its actual concerns are, I think, European and indeed worldwide. I mean, one of the central uh, one of the central questions of the book is what if Christianity was a great misstep for humanity? What if that was the point at which the world went wrong? Um, what if monotheism is a terrible blight on our civilization? Um, and that's something that Elizabeth Finch has thought deeply about, and which I'm I, has been at the edge and then centre of my mind for some years. Um, one of the quotations in the book that, that I hope resonates and resounds um, is, you have conquered, O pale Galilean, uh, which is a quote from Swinburne, the English decadent poet at the end of the 19th, beginning of the 20th century. Um, and it's the idea, um, well, it's a quote from um, an early history of Julian the Apostate, who's the other main character in the book, um, who was killed uh, in the fourth century um, by a Persian lance in a battle. 
And as he lay dying, he is supposed to have said, thou hast conquered, O pale Galilean, the pale Galilean being Jesus Christ. And he was the last pagan emperor of Rome. And after him, everyone ascribed, all emperors ascribed to Christianity. Um, and uh, one of the central concerns of the book is, um, what if that was when the world went wrong? What if the world would be a, a nicer, kinder, more peaceful world if monotheisms were not allowed uh, to grow to monstrous size as they all do? Uh, what if the world of polytheism uh, was actually much saner? Um, I mean, in Roman and Greek times, there were loads of gods to choose from. Um, and you chose according to your own temperament. Um, and you chose who would protect you. Um, and you didn't, you didn't feel that you had the right God. You only had the right God for yourself. Um, and others had the right gods for them. Uh, so uh, this, uh, you know, if you look at when the Romans came, started conquering uh, Northern Europe, uh, they would conquer the Gauls and the Goths and so on. But they wouldn't say, we are bringing you peace through war, uh, we are also bringing you the truth about the world. They didn't say, you have to obey our gods. They were very clever in that way. They said, you know, we're not going to interfere with your religious beliefs. We're not going to interfere with um, the gods you worship in the dark forests that you live in. Carry on. That's fine by us. We've got gods of our own and you may think that because we defeated you in battle then we perhaps have stronger gods than you have uh, which would be a, a, a quite a good argument um, but they never officially made that argument um, and, it, and in due course um, various gods in the forest withered away um, though now we sort of still celebrate them um, at the spring solstice at Strainhenge and so on um, it's a book, I, it's, a th it's a thought that I, I, I would hope my readers would consider. Is, um, does that explain the interest in Stoicism in the book? Are you offering Stoicism as an alternative to monotheism? Um, the, 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 uh, the narrator of the book writes, uh, at first I thought Elizabeth Finch, a romantic pessimist, now I would call her a romantic stoic. Um, at one point he calls her a stoic and it's hard to tell whether she was complimented or insulted or perhaps a mix of both. Are you returning to the, the pre-monotheisms of, of antiquity like stoicism and offering them as, in a sense, an alternative? Or maybe is that how Elizabeth Finch lived, which explains why she was such, seemed such a remarkable woman and teacher? Um. No, I think the opposite of monotheism is polytheism. Um, and um, I, I don't believe in any gods. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm mere, the novel is, is merely pointing out that in polytheism, um, there, was, there, was more peaceful, uh, there was a more peaceful approach to religion than there was under monotheism, uh, which still rages in the world today, as we all know. Um, you know, you put your life and your beliefs uh, together from a sort of hodgepodge of 
of sources, I think. Some some may be Greek and Roman, some may be <coughs> the philosophers of the European Enlightenment, um, and so on. Um, I think the Stoicism is more how I see Elizabeth Finch uh, as a character rather than, so it's almost a small S Stoicism, rather than um, a, a belief system on her part. Um, she's, I can't remember exactly what her reply is when asked if she's a Stoic. She says something like, well, it is a very attractive philosophy, something like that. Um, I think you always have to look to the past for the elements of your own philosophy, but it also has to be um, a functioning one for the, for the present world. Why do we, we've done a number of shows actually on stoicism? It's become very fashionable. We even did one with Dave, Donald Robertson, who has a, a graphic novel out about stoicism called Verissimus. Lots of best selling books, uh, books that do really well on stoicism. What, what's the appetite for uh, the modern reader in, 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 I don't know whether it's a movement or a, a way of thinking, um, a way of being like, stoicism or epicureanism um you you touch on a lot of this in the book i mean elizabeth finch is not the kind of book and not the kind of reader i'm guessing to read a graphic novel about stoicism but others do yes i wasn't i was laughing halfway through not because i thought what you said was funny but because um i thought uh maybe if i played up the stoicism a bit more i'd have some more sales i didn't realize ah. I didn't realize that it was it was a fashionable money maker. But I was certainly stores. wasn't accusing you of that. <laughs> no, I know you weren't. Um, um, well, faced with faced with the sort of uh, appalling chaos and destruction uh, of the planet, which is going on at the moment. Um, uh, which you can barely open a newspaper. Uh, you're so scared to discover more each day. Um, I suppose one answer would be to say, uh, I trust in God. God knows what he's up to. We can't understand his motives, but in the end we'll go to heaven uh, and we'll get the answer. Um, this strikes me as a fanciful fiction always has. Um, and the other alternative is to say, uh, how can we live and how can we uh, exist and, and even be happy uh, while all these terrible things are going on? And one of the answers is the sort of stoical approach that there are certain things that you can be in charge of and be morally and actually responsible for and those you should be in charge of. And then there are certain things in the world that you can't be in charge of. Um, and you just have to watch. I mean, uh, you can send uh, charitable help and so on. But um, that there are forces at work which uh, in a single human life uh, you can't overturn. And I think that that's where her stoicism comes in um 
I mean, as she was, is, as characters never die, even if they die on the page, you hope that they continue to live in the book. Mm. She's Jewish. And uh, if you are Jewish and you face the truths of the Holocaust, um, you can either find a religious answer to that or you can find a stoical um, um, response to it. Um, and I think that that's often a division amongst people. Um, whether you think we're all here for, for, for a religious purpose, which we don't understand, but which will be explained, even though much of it is being explained by the priests. Um, but, but in the end, there will be an answer. Or you think we're here by sheer chance in an empty universe with no particular purpose to it. Uh, and it's up to us uh, to make up the rules and to do as best we can according to those rules. Um, and I'm of the latter persuasion, obviously. We did a show, you may know his work, Roman Krasnarich is an Oxford-based philosopher uh, on how we should be remembered as good ancestors. He wrote a book about it, a non-fiction book. It seems as if Elizabeth Finch, for all her ambiguity and the questions, the enigmas around her, she was a good ancestor. I mean, she didn't have any children of her own, but she left something. Um, she left something as a teacher. You noted earlier that teaching runs in the family. Your parents were teachers. Do you think that's, uh, Julian, one of the reasons why we find ourselves in such terrible crisis is that um, most of us aren't very good ancestors. We're not leaving anything and that we need to rediscover those vital callings like teaching if we are to rediscover how to be good ancestors. Well, um, I like Elizabeth Finch, I don't have children um, and maybe um, my books are what I'm leaving to a subsequent generation, I don't know. I don't think of it in that way. I think of them as what I'm writing now and what is going to be read now. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that most people would agree with you. I think most people have families and most families have histories. And there's you know, great uncle George on the mantelpiece in an early sepia photograph and so on. And, and they... Maybe they don't think great uncle George was a wise old bird, but there is a sense of ancestry there and a sense of continuation, continuance. Um, and I don't know if that's, that's, on the, that's verging on a kind of wisdom, if, it, if it's only um, to say this is how they, they led their lives and they, their lives produced you. So their lives are the wisdom with which you have been born. Now, of course, there are lots of families which are not like that, and they are dysfunctional. And um, the the great uncle George turned out to be a sort of child molester and a groper, or something like that. But um, there is that 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 mythology, that alternative truth, um, which which I I respect. Though, um, if you ask me specifically, what what wisdom was handed down through my family uh, to me and to my brother. I, I once 
I once had an exchange with my brother and he, I said, can you think of anything specific that, that we were taught uh, as children by our teacher parents? Because I can only remember things like um, don't eat in the street and never wear brown shoes with a blue suit, which was one of my mother's dicta. Um, I don't think I've ever worn brown shoes with a blue suit, but I don't think I've had many pairs of either. Um, and my brother in reply said, I don't remember them teaching us anything, which is why they were good teachers. Yeah, well, like um, Elizabeth Finch. He, I, I, yes, he, I mean, my brother is, as I said earlier, a philosopher, an ancient philosopher, ancient in both senses of the word. Um, and, and he thought that that they that you know, that not laying down. The, I mean, it was clear that we had rules and that we were ways of behaving that we that we were taught, but that we were sort of taught them by osmosis rather than you must do this and you mustn't do that. Uh, that again, I think, is a very English way of upbringing. Um, though they were teachers at school, they 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 didn't. Um, they didn't have a didactic approach to parenthood, I don't think. Final question uh, on Elizabeth Finch. Um, Julian, I mean, it obviously goes without saying that Elizabeth was a woman. You think you could have written the same book about a man? We've done some shows on great English philosophical teachers, um, Elizabeth Anscombe, Iris Murdoch, and so on and so forth. Did, did it ever occur to you that... Um, that that she could have been a male or you could have had a, a male equivalent and maybe a female narrator? No, it never occurred to me. Um, and if you'd asked me that question about uh, two and a half years ago or three years ago when I was starting the book, I might have been able to answer. Uh, but but when, you, uh, when, you're, when you're starting writing a book, you have a series of decisions to make. And once you've made them, that's fixed. And all I can remember is that there was no doubt that Elizabeth Finch was a woman and she was never going to be a bloke and I, and I was never going to have a female narrator. Um, I don't, I can't remember if I considered it. Um, that's one of the, pro, one of the processes of writing a book is deleting all the alternative paths you could have taken and the alternative uh, characters you could have taken.